I was like, definitely my eyes were on like all the troublemakers. I was like, where the, where's the party at dude? Like I've been in, I've been in Catholic school my whole life. I'm like, I'm trying to be crazy. (laughs) And I was for sure. Hello and welcome to Out Loud, a podcast by and for queer people of faith in the South. Here we tell our stories of varied religious upbringings, messy coming outs, and the gift of community with one another. I'm your host, Greg Thompson, and the voice you just heard was Katie Pruitt. Katie Pruitt is a Nashville-based singer, songwriter, and guitarist. She was born and raised in Georgia, grew up in the Catholic Church, even went to Catholic school, and later attended Belmont University here in Nashville. She brings her whole self to her songwriting, tackling the shame of coming out in the South on her debut record, Expectations, which is climbing the Americana charts. In her own words, she calls it a record that's really about letting go of what other people expect from you and being free to just finally be yourself. Katie identifies as gay or lesbian with the gender pronouns she, her, hers. In our conversation, we discuss how she came out through her songwriting, who she could turn to, and how she came around to trusting herself, seeing God as a force of good. Before we jump in, just a quick shout out to all of our supporters over on Patreon. We have been so fortunate to have your financial support during the pandemic to continue bringing you new episodes of the show. We love featuring voices like Katie's and want to keep bringing the show to you. If you like what you hear, consider becoming a member of the show on Patreon. Your contributions directly finance this show and the hard work it takes to make it. You can give for as little as $1 a month over at patreon.com slash outloudstories. And now, let's hear from Katie Pruitt. Well, thanks so much for um, for joining us on the show today. Yeah, of course. Uh, I want to start off with a question that I ask most people, which is um, just simply like, can you tell me a bit about the the spiritual background of your childhood and what religion meant to you growing up? Um, religion. So I grew up Catholic, um, and I mean, you know, it was pretty. It was just like something we that was like kind of a requirement of me and our family, I guess. Um, like it, it felt pretty. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, any any other Catholics that I talk to, it, it feels like pretty rigid. It's like you go to church because you're supposed to go to church. You the, the even like the structure of like the mass is like very like it's the same every time, you know, and like the prayers are like rehearsed and like the music you can't, there's like, my mom is like the music instructor. There's like not a lot of music. She didn't feel free to just like pick whatever music she wanted. They were pretty strict about that. So, you know, um, it was just like my relationship with it was just, you know, my brother and I were like, all right, got to go to church on Sunday because our parents are making us. So literally that's, uh, (laughs) that is, um, kind of my relationship with it. At an, yeah. from an early age, you know. Were you involved much with your church? Um, not really because we went to Catholic school. So we were definitely involved. Um, you know, I was involved with the school. Um, you know, just like we we did like plays, we did, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, since since we went to Catholic school, we we didn't really do any extra church things outside of that. Yeah, I remember I went to Catholic school 
K through five. And when you're in that world, you don't, you're, you're not in the, the home, you're not in like the, the regular church world as much because you're not like doing like Sunday school classes and all that. So you're not right. like running with other kids at the church. You're running with like just your peers at school. Yep. Yeah. Were but you, I mean, there were like holy days and like stuff like that. Ash Wednesday and like days of this, like, I don't even remember. We, we would get random days off, which was like kind of clutch. Like my public school friends didn't get those days because it'd be like, you know, like holy day of the saints or something. Like, I don't even know <laughs> just random ones that I'm like, I don't even know what this means, but woo, no school, you know? Yeah. So that was kind of like a perk. Um, maybe the only perk, <laughs> but yeah. That's funny. I, I, you mentioning that just reminds me of like my memory of holy days in Catholic school was not so much like days off, but like piling everyone into like the gym for mass and yep. just having like everyone in there all at once. And it was just bedlam because you had like the kindergartners in there with the fifth graders and it was just insanity. Yeah. Well, we would do that too, for sure. <laughs> okay. But we would like maybe get like a half day if it was like, a, if it was like right. Ash Wednesday, okay. it was like kind of rad. Yeah. Um, now, but, were you were you in Catholic school all the way through high school? Um, I was I was there uh, kindergarten through eighth grade. Okay. So, so high school was like, and I went to public school um, for high school. So it was like definitely okay. like a culture shock. Like probably like the my earliest culture shock. <laughs> yeah. Um, having to like adjust from, you know, and I like, I mean, we I got in trouble for like the dumbest things like at at Catholic school. And I was, I was like very over it by the time eighth grade and middle school rolled around. I was just like, get me out of here. Like I'm, I'm sick of getting detention for like painting my nails or not. Like my shirt came untucked. So I get detention. It was like, really, it was like, why, why am I getting punished for this? It was like, um, it's pretty stupid. <laughs> so. Is that why you moved to public high school or were there other reasons? Um, I mean, I, I think my parents just were like, all right, you did the thing, you know, you, you did kindergarten through eighth grade Catholic school. So now you have like the option. Um, and I definitely wanted the change. I was just like, I'm sick of this. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, they luckily gave me the choice. That's, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah. That's actually the same. That That's pretty much how it worked for my sister too. Actually, she was in, um, I think she started ninth grade at a Catholic school. I think that was the year she started. And then three months in, she was like, I'm done with this. And <laughs> we moved her to a public school. Yeah. Mm -mm. I know my brother got to dip out earlier. Like they like let him leave in sixth grade. And I was so pissed. I was like, <laughs> ah, why did he get to go? Why did he get to go to public school in sixth grade? And I have to wait till it was stupid. But anyway, it's literally <laughs> the same dynamic. Cause that's when I moved <laughs> to public yeah. school. That's hilarious. That's Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so what was um like what what was it like kind of making that transition out of catholic school into public school kind of in these like formative years where like you're starting to learn about yourself and like starting dating and like learning about like what you know who you're attracted to all that kind of stuff like what was what was that like um i mean it was like like i said like it, it was a big culture shock you know and not only not only like, um, I still don't think in like my freshman year of high school, I like knew much about who I, <laughs> I, I, I probably, I had an, you know, I did theater in middle school. So okay. like, I remember like kind of having crushes on girls at that point, but I was not ready to like talk about it or let it be known. Um, uh, I was just pretty much trying to just like 
at that point, since I was transitioning to a new school where I like barely knew anyone, I was like, I just want friends. Like any friends yeah. at all would be great. So I wasn't like really concerned with like dating. Um, but yeah. And also like all the kids that went to my Catholic school, like all of them are white. And like, this was like going to like public school. There were like, you know, people of like many different racial backgrounds. And that was like, it was, it was cool. I was like, wow, why, like, this is what the real world is like. And why wasn't I introduced to this earlier? Um, so that was like, that was great. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was just, it was, it was eye opening. Also, you know, they do those like drug seminars and like Catholic school. And they're like, you know, if you smoke, if you, if you smoke weed once, like you're going to be addicted to heroin, you know, <laughs> like, and then you like get to a uh, public school and like all these kids are smoking weed and you're like, Oh, it's like, this doesn't seem that bad. Um, so, you know, I started, I started doing that stuff. Um, that I would just, you know, I, I was so sheltered. Um, I think being like in, Catholic school and and even the theater program that I did in middle school was called Christian Youth Theater CYT so it was like it was still very you know my parents really tried to keep a bubble around me and as soon as I got to public school that bubble just like burst you yeah. know and I was like whoa like weed and <laughs> different music and like you know theater wasn't really cool at at that particular high school um and I, I probably would have done it if it was, but I was like, all right, I'm going to like, I guess theater isn't my thing. I'm going to, you know, get better at guitar and cover songs and that's going to be my calling card, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's crazy how it works like that. I, 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 we had a terrible theater program at my high school and had it been better, I probably would have gotten more involved in it. And then it did get better like many years later, but uh -huh. for our school, it was, it was banned. Like you had to, you wanted to be in band to, to fit in. And and really to make friends more than anything, like just a lot of cool people were in bands. So that was where you wanted to be, at right. least with the people I ran with. So. Yeah. See, I feel like it's like it's <laughs> it's probably just depends on the people you you run with, right? Like, because mm -hmm. I'm sure that if I start if I hung out with different kids, they'd be like, no, theater is cool, and here's why, you know. But I was like, I was like, definitely, my eyes were on like all the troublemakers. I was like, where the where's the party at, dude? Like, I've been in. <laughs> I've been in Catholic school my whole life. I'm like, I'm trying to be crazy. <laughs> and I was for sure. Um, so I sort of got it out of my system a little bit, um, you know, <laughs> my freshman, sophomore year, not yeah. the weed smoke, but just, you know, the, <laughs> just the being stupid about it part, you know? Yeah. I feel like Which, I got Honestly, a lot of people it. don't do until college. I know. <laughs> I was like 15, like, all right, give me that bong, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like my parents, I, I was so reckless and dumb about it. Like, I think, um, yeah, I, there was this, this girl I was hanging out with. Um, it was, she was just like the biggest troublemaker and we like, you know, like she stole her dad's car or something. She didn't even have her, um, her, she didn't even have her permit. So like not, not only did she not have her license, but she didn't have her permit. She was like 15, you know? Um, <laughs> And yeah, we're like, it's like 2 a.m. We're like, we've got alcohol in the trunk. We're like going to some random party she heard about. And like, we get probably five minutes down the road and the Johns Creek police uh, pulled us over and we're like, yeah, you're, we're calling your parents. <laughs> and yeah, that was like, 
that happened like several more times um, my freshman year where I just like kept running in with the cops and my parents were like, what did we do wrong? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like it was, I think I just like, I don't know what I was looking for, but yeah, I was just wild. Yeah. I don't know. Was, I don't know why I just immediately started talking about that, but it's <laughs> <that's, laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. What, 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 that was actually my next question was like, what, what did your family think of like this, this behavior and just kind of like just trying all the things in high school? Um, they were definitely like very concerned. Um, <laughs> um, you know, cause it's, it's not like I was like a, a great kid in middle school. I definitely like, you know, they had to go to like parent teacher conferences with my teachers and stuff. Like I, I think I started like getting a little angsty around like seventh, eighth grade. I mean, I think a lot of kids do, you know, cause it's like, you're finding yourself. And I was also like, I think I was just frustrated with being with that type of rigid um, upbringing and that rigid school of being like, this is how you have to act and this is how you have mm -hmm. to dress. And like, you know, like if you're a girl, you have to wear this skirt. It's like, well, I don't want to wear a skirt. Like I don't like wearing that, you know? So it's like just certain things that like, I just was like, wow, I'm really being like told who to be right now. And that pissed me off. I think once I be once I became self-aware enough to know that like that wasn't who I was, I like, I started to act out, you know? So I think in hindsight, they're like, oh, she was just like kind of like finding herself. But at the time they were like, oh my God, she's going to end up being like a hooker or like, <laughs> I don't know what they thought. They were just like scared. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway. So then like, meanwhile, like did did anything from your Catholic school kind of like, did it rub off on you? Like, did, did faith mean anything to you in this, in this period of time? Um, you know, I was, yes. Um, I think I was like, I was, um, having trouble with it because, um, I don't know. I was pulled between like, I would pray, I think, but I was like, obviously, you know, growing up, that's another part of it is like growing up and kind of being, told um you know the verse in the bible that's like the you know the gay verse the one that says you can't be gay uh that's like a conflict and mm -hmm. i remember like at that point in time when i started to kind of realize that i was like i did like girls you know i was like i would pray but i would pray about that mm -hmm. um and i would just be like i just don't like you know i would i would close my eyes and like literally pray to God to like make me straight or like make like, please don't let me be gay, you know, like pleading. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, that was, um, tough. Um, but, and it's like, it's like weird to like, um, I think probably the first time I said it out loud, that was like terrifying, but I, you know, I would just keep kind of like ignoring it. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, I I don't know. I guess that's not really what you asked. Um, but I I guess I was yeah I was just having conflicts with it, and you yeah. know I was also like really close with my grandma who like died around the time I was in like ninth grade, and she was like really close with, with you know she was very Catholic and and like a really just a wonderful person, and like you know, um, she was sort of like to me an example of like okay like. And I wanted to believe, you know, that God was real because I was like, well, my grandma's like, I want to see my grandma again, you know, like I, um, so I think I, I think I did like really truly believe in like the conventional God at that point because I was, you know, 
I was, I don't know. Um, but I was trying to figure out what, what God means to me. And I still yeah. am, I guess, but yeah. What, um, were there, were there people, um, around you like at school or, or, or like through your church that were, that were pointing out like these particular verses that say homosexuality is sinful. Was that something that was around you a lot or was, um, or was I know it kind of more in your head. I think I was just like, oh, it was in my head and, and it was like, you know, just cultural things that you kind of like pick up on like kids, like being like, Oh, that's so gay, you know, or like calling mm-hmm. each other, you know, derogatory terms around surrounding that or like you know like literally like when ellen came out which was like a, i was young but like i remember my parents are like we just it just we don't need to know this you know it's just like little things like that that i picked yeah. up on um yeah. I, there was just a, a negative connotation around being gay and it's not like you know the catholic like catholic church or catholic school like really outwardly preached against that but like we knew that verse was in the Bible, you mm-hmm. know, and we just like, I think the church at that point and still maybe the Catholic church at least is like pretty neutral on it. And I feel like by being neutral on it, you don't, you know, you like you just don't take any side, right. um, which, which sort of leaves people lost to go like, okay, well then what, what am I supposed to think about this if like my church won't really talk about it? So that was confusing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but no, I guess they weren't like, I, I, you know, I didn't have people like threatening to like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that, I wasn't that- scared for that reason, but I also, I just, I knew I was aware that that verse existed. I was aware that there was a negative connotation around being gay. Yeah. So well, it scared me. And it's part of the culture. I mean, I think right. it, it kind of, it, and those kinds of things just become unspoken when they're that deeply right. embedded in, totally. in the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So what was, what, what kind of, um, what, what allowed you to start to come out to yourself and accept that this is who you're attracted to? Like, was that, when, when did that happen for you? Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I would like, you know, kind of talk aloud to myself like at night, whether that's was me like praying to God or just, I don't know. I just do that, I guess. Um, so yeah, I would find myself like trying to either like talk myself out of it or like, you know, just, yeah, I, I, I definitely talked aloud to myself about, about this, you know, about that. And I, I like knew, but I was just like, I'm, you know, I don't want to be this. So I'm just going to try really hard not to be this because yeah. my life would be very hard. And I can't imagine what my parents would say or think or like, you know, or my friends, you know, so there was just like, there's just a scary kind of like reality surrounding what my life would be like after I accepted it. So I just waited, I feel like as long as I possibly could not as long as I possibly could. Some people wait a long time. Um, I was probably around 20. Uh, I was probably 19 when I came out. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, after a year in college and just kind of drinking away my, <laughs> uh, yeah, my pain away. And then finally being like, I think it took me leaving Georgia, like the mm-hmm. state of Georgia 
because I went to college, um, you know, only like an hour away from where I grew up and I saw the same people and like, it was basically like high school point two, you know, like part two. Um, but it was just like an hour away and there was a lot of drinking and it was in Athens, Georgia and like hookup culture and, you know, frat and sorority culture, like very strong there. And I think I just like didn't look around and see anyone that was like expressing that or, you know, anyone that was like, yeah, there was no representation even at that time. And that was probably in like 2013, you know, like that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like, I think like, as I started to see more people, um, I mean, I don't know, like either in TV shows, like, you know, Orange is the New Black even, like, mm-hmm. or like, um, you know, artists. I mean, I always knew about the Indigo Girls, but like more like artists that were like coming up, like Brandy Carlisle was coming up at that time. And I remember like, you know, she, it's not like her songs were even about like, explicitly about being gay but she just she talked about it openly and like it was chill and fine and I was like wow that's cool you know so it's like I think I was like taking it all in and and looking around I was sort of like making sure things would be okay (laughs) if I did come out I knew my parents wouldn't accept it right away Um, but I think I was making sure like society wise and cultural wise like I'd be safe you know so I think that's why I waited so long yeah I, again, I relate. I, I didn't come out until 2016, and I think the the Supreme Court ruling in 2015 mm. probably had a lot to do with that. I, I think it, it wasn't something I like admitted to myself really until then, like fully. But it was okay in the culture at that time, and I felt like, oh, I if I can give myself permission, there are enough other people that will give me permission too, and it, it right. it's okay. And I won't be yep. alone. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think, yeah, it's looking around and going like, will I be completely alone in this? And if the answer is yes, you're probably going to stay in the closet a little longer. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's scary. It's scary to like feel like you're out there all alone. There is a place past the Georgia Pines And people who welcome you with an open I was thinking about this, what you said a moment ago about you know it taking to leave Georgia for things to change. And I was thinking about this listening to your song, Georgia, and right. was just like, I guess I'm wondering, like, do you think, do you think it was, do you think there would have been a path for you to have come out had you, had you stayed there? I think um, if I stayed, it probably just would have taken me a little longer because, you know, like... I lived an hour from my parents at that point in college and I just wasn't, you know, when I, even when I see my parents now, I feel like I kind of like part of me goes back to that like person I was when I was a kid or in in high school, you know, I go back to high school me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think establishing myself in a new city um, as starting to be my own person as an adult is sort of what gave me the courage to do it when I did it. Um, so I, you know, I probably, yes, I probably would have definitely come out because I would have seen the culture around everything change. Right. Like in, you know, like you said, in 2015, 
the Supreme Court ruling, uh, gay marriage was legal, you know, um, and in Atlanta, like if I moved to downtown Atlanta, there's a huge, um, I feel like there's a huge gay scene there. Like Atlanta pride is like arguably bigger than Nashville pride. Oh, I believe um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yes, definitely, but not in the same way yeah. is the answer. That makes sense. <laughs> that I've got. Totally. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, it, and something kind of that you were alluding to a moment ago, like, I think it's, it's important to come out when you feel like you won't be alone, when you feel like you will have your people that you can turn to. And, and sometimes it does take uprooting yourself and moving to a whole new place in order to find those people. Right. Totally. How did, how did, um, like who, who were you able to confide in? when you first came out was when, when you say like you came out, did you come out on, on campus to just, just friends or how did that go? Um, yeah. Well, so, I mean, you know, I was a little scared when I first got to Belmont because it's like, you know, it's still a Christian school, like, which is what, you know, got my parents to say yes to that freaking tuition probably, <laughs> you know? Um, and it had, but I mean, the thing that attracted me to it is because it's in Nashville. It's, you know, if you're a songwriting major, a music major, you can like record in the studios. So I was like, sick. That's what I want. Anyway. Um, yeah. When I got there, um, I was definitely hesitant. It took me a while to like find my friends, you know, um, a lot of, um, and, and I'm not like, you know, making assumptions here that like, but some, some, like some Christians that I've come across, um, are like, act like they would be accepting, but are ju- are like underlyingly, they're like judging you. <laughs> so I think I was yeah. like careful who I told for sure. Um, and um, I remember, so I sort of, um, I found one friend, her name was Rachel and we met each other at some like, I don't know, outside Belmont concert one night. And I like heard about a party and I was like, all right, I'm going to go to this party. And she's like, please take me with you. Um, Cause she was also a transfer student. So we kind of like hit it off and became fast friends. Um, and I hadn't told her yet. Cause I was like, like pretty nervous, but I had told my friends back home in Georgia. I had told mm. like a few of my very close friends and they're like, Oh yeah, dude, like we knew. And I was like, what, what, <laughs> like, why didn't you tell me? Um, but anyway, I was like, you know, very hesitant to tell Rachel. Cause she was like my only girl best friend there and I was like what if I like freak her out like what if it's like weird for her um and I remember like literally it take like I was like okay dude I have to talk to you about something and I like built it up to the point where it was like so like she was like dude what like is your mom dying like what's going on this is like in- intense and I told her and I like sat her down like probably at like a coffee shop and she was like that's it <laughs> I was like uh-huh and she's like dude I don't care like this I thought it was way worse the way you were like making it seem. Um, and I think it's hilarious. We like love to laugh about that now. Um, Cause yeah, I mean like especially um, you just build it up in your mind. Like it's going to like, yeah. it's going to scare people away or like it, it means you're like things will change and it, it won't. It's like, you're still the exact same person as you were before you told them. It's just like, that now they know what your sexual preference is. It's like, who cares, you know? (laughs) Um, And hopefully we get to a point where that's that like no one. And I think honestly, the gen, is it the Gen Zers that are younger? I always confuse this. Yes. Right. Yes. Yep. Gen Z. I was like Gen Z and Gen X for some reason I get them mixed up. 
Yeah, me too. But the Gen Zers are like on it. You know, it's like they, they're like, I don't even think most of them are really coming out. They're just like, this is who I am or whatever. I, I feel like it's like, fine. You're, it's whoever you are, that's who you are. Yeah. And they're like way more open-minded than I feel like millennials were. Right. So, well, and there's just less cool. of a binary, I think, just in general, right. that is yeah. more commonly accepted. So the totally. whole point of coming out and announcing this is this is who I'm attracted to and that's it. The end, like it's just not even um doesn't even seem rational um to some it, Yeah, to some folks. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's like un like it would be weird if you did that now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so I'm hoping that it just keeps getting, you know, more normalized, which it seems like it is, which is so hopeful, you know. Yeah, totally. Mm. Well, that's awesome. That's great that like you had you were able to have that, especially at Belmont. I can just <laughs> I I um can just imagine like yeah. what a change that had to be going to. I was a TA at Belmont for a semester um, during my master's program at oh, Vanderbilt, wow. and um and I know Belmont can be a kind of a strict conservative leaning school, but then I also know students personally who are just they're just themselves and they don't care about any right. of that and so um i'm not you know I'm, i haven't been a student there i don't know the exact environment but i i can imagine it would be a little conflicting and um especially after like getting your like release in high school and getting out of the whole like catholic school world um and then going back <laughs> in two years yeah. into college when i was used to living in athens georgia where i could just do whatever i wanted yeah, yeah i was a li- it was a little like I don't know. It was a little weird. Like living on campus at first as a transfer student. I was like, this sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I lived with my RA as well. Mm, um, oh, yeah. Great. So they're like so, always watching you. <laughs> yeah. And she like told me at first, that was like a whole thing. She like told me at first, she's like, yeah, don't, you know, um, don't worry about drinking. Um, just, or, or, or she was basically like, you can go out and drink at a bar but like, don't bring it here. Like, don't have a handle of alcohol here. Um, and you know, if you go out and drink at a bar, like Uber home. And I was like, okay, cool. So I did. And then I, I remember like coming back one night and, you know, just casually mentioning, yeah, like we were at this bar and like, blah, 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 you know? And then I like wake up the next day and she's like, I need you to sign this piece of paper that says like you were drinking on campus. I was like, I I wasn't drinking on campus. I drank outside of campus and then I came back and it just so happens I'm not like I'm 20 and I'm turning 21 like in two months. (laughs) It's just like, what is this insane? Yeah. I was just like, oh God. So then, so then I, uh, I just had to, I had to switch roommates. (laughs) I was like, that was like my, like, welcome to Belmont. Uh, (laughs) first, like, two months there i was like all right well this is not gonna work um (laughs) anyway were you um were you able to then come out to your family sometime after that and how yeah so the the (laughs) the way i came out to my family was very dramatic um but you know it, it was like definitely not like how i would have wanted to come out to them Long, I don't even know if I can do a long story short for this because it's just a long kind of crazy story. But yeah, um, just so to back up, when I left, when I stopped being roommates with the RA, because I was like, this is going to work. Um, they switched me to a new roommate situation. Um, the girl that I ended up moving in with, um, we ended up like having this like 
you know, relationship. And it was the first relationship with a girl that I had ever had, you know. And it was like, you know, just probably like any first relationship you have with somebody of the same, you know, when you've been like not, yeah, like not doing that your whole life. And then you're like, oh, this relationship feels more like, this feels more like me, you know? Yeah. It's very intense. It's just like intense and it's like, you know, um, all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. And the fact that we lived together made it pretty dramatic and it just sort of exploded. And I won't go into like the, the gory details or anything, but it didn't work. And we, you know, um, I ended up writing this song about her and, um, (laughs) and I'm not going to even say the title, but you, if you listen to my record, you probably could figure it out. And anyway, somebody was like, I was performing at some show and some videographer was like filming this song and it kept surfacing on the internet. And my parents kept hearing this song that has this girl's name in the title. And they know, you know, it, the song's called Grace Has a Gun. I'm like, I can't really get around not saying this. Um, yeah. So it's a dramatic song. Um, and it's about a toxic relationship that, you know, um, basically yeah, there were, there were mental health issues involved and it was just like a lot, a heavy, a very heavy relationship to be my first relationship with a girl, you know? Um, anyway, my parents heard it. They were not happy about it. They were like, you need to stop playing that song. And I was just like, (sighs) like, and they didn't understand how Facebook worked. I'm like, I'm taking the song off Facebook and someone keeps tagging me in a video and uploading it on their profile. And they're like, no, you keep posting it. I'm like, I'm not posting it. Anyway, like it was like a whole thing. <laughs> once it's like, out there, was, it's out there. <laughs> yeah. Once it's out, I'm like, I don't have control over what other people post on Facebook. And they didn't, this didn't make sense to them. And I kept, it kept being an argument. And eventually they were like, what is this song about? And like, you know, it was a very dramatic thing. And I just ended up telling him, you know, Mm. I was in a relationship with this girl and, you know, this is like, this is a song, you know? And it was, it was, they were like, what? And it was, it was awful. It was an awful way to come out. I Mm. honestly, you know, it just sucks. It sucks (laughs) because I'm a songwriter that is, I'm like using songwriting as like a coping mechanism for my life but then i've never been a songwriter that can really hide behind metaphors or like disguise what i really mean i'm just like kind of one of those songwriters that's gonna write what actually happened yeah and and that has that has kicked me in the ass a couple times (laughs) (laughs) um because there's just no hiding it like i can't run i'm like i've backed myself into a corner and people in my life are like what is this about and you know, so yeah, it, it was, it was not, um, what I would have wanted and how I would have wanted to, you know, I wasn't even planning on telling them about her. Yeah. I was just like, I'm going to wait till I'm in like a stable relationship and then I'll tell them, you know, like, yeah, all the details wasn't about my plan. That. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't my plan, but it's, it's how it happened. And, and it was rough. And, um, not only was I, cause you know, I obviously, after we broke up, I then had to find another living arrangement. So mm-hmm. was living on my friend Rachel's couch at this point. Um, the, the girl that I was scared to tell that I was gay and, you know, I was like living at her apartment off campus and didn't have a place to live. And it was like a low, low point in my life where I definitely, um, I was like, okay, I, I get why I didn't want to come out. This sucks. <laughs> Um, and my parents weren't really talking to me, so it was bad, but, um, obviously all that has, 
changed now. And, you know, it was, it was tough at first, but I obviously felt finally like I didn't have to like hide anymore. And that was, that was definitely the silver lining of it is like, okay, this was rough. This is not my ideal coming out story, but like, this is the reality. And like, now at least I don't have to like live with this secret and like lie to their face anymore about like dating guys when I'm not dating guys. Like, (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah. So. Yeah. In a way it's almost like your songwriting is a, is a gift that you kind of just, you, you got, you, you were able to just kind of tell the truth through that medium instead. And, um, and it kind of expedited things for better or worse, I guess. Right. Yeah, no, it definitely expedited things <laughs> um, in a, in a, yeah, in a pretty crazy way. But yeah, no, obviously I'm like, I'm thankful that, I don't know, I'm not sure, like, it still would have been hard, you know, what, however I came out. Because my, my parents, you know, they're great people and holy crap, they've come like such a long way on all this stuff. Um, and, you know, they love my girlfriend and my girlfriend comes home for Christmas and it's like, it's totally it's good. It's a lot, you know, it's a lot, a lot, a lot better now. And, um, but we just had to go through that really kind of hard time. And, um, yeah. And, and after talking to each other, um, yeah, you know, like now when I have told my mom, I don't really talk to my dad about it that much, but when I've talked to my mom about that, part of it she's like god i can't imagine like how you were feeling and how alone you felt and i'm like yeah yeah i felt pretty alone (laughs) she's like well (laughs) i'm here now and you know so it's it's crazy to um yeah for for them and my mom especially to be sort of be able to like empathize with me and then you know when she talks about maybe things that were hard for her i'm like okay i understand that and like let's talk about that you know so i think the songwriting and the I don't know, the, the very dramatic kind of coming out, um, story actually ended up giving us a lot to work through. And by working through that, we're now like way, way, way better. So what do you think, what do you think was like the hardest thing for them to, to work through on their end? Um, I, you know, I think it was the religious thing cause they, um, it's it's so interesting. I feel like I feel like some Bible verses, like you know, like the "Don't eat meat on certain days" or "Don't," you know, or what. I, I don't really, I can't reference like any specific ones, but you know well, what like I mean. A good there's, Catholic, it's totally fine. yeah. There's yeah. I'm like I don't know what the Bible is, but um, I've kind of blocked it out at this point. But there's <laughs> verses in there about about things that are like really random like don't you know like the whole like not having sex before you get married thing and like certain things that they like kind of cherry pick and it's like oh well that's okay if it's this situation you know Mm -hmm. and then and then about like when they were hung up on on me and like they obviously weren't comfortable with it because they felt like I wouldn't be accepted by society and they've sort of told me like their fears as a parent are like you're gonna have a hard life this is gonna be a very hard life for you and then I think the religious thing like the that those bible verses and those were ways for them to justify their discomfort and now that I think they've like maybe you know kind of come to terms with that and know that now um but 
shouldn't the golden rule of like love your neighbor as yourself and you know kind of just override anything else mm-hmm. um if you're a christian like so i think that's the main thing um that they now are like yeah whatever whatever makes you happy and as long as you're not hurting anyone it doesn't matter boy better start running Grace has a gun She's not fooling around She don't keep it for fun So I'm curious, why, um, like, why do you think religion and, and faith have, um, have been a part of your, your latest album, Expectations? Like, why do, you, why do you think that it's been something that's come into your songwriting and even been um, part of the the imagery that you've used for the the album art and all of that. Why why is um why do you think that's that's kind of seeping in there for you? Um, I sort of like this record to me. Like, is it was sort of about like destroying and like reshaping like new ideologies and things that I now consider to be like where I you know, get God from. Like, I don't necessarily go, like, I I guess I never really felt like I could access God, like, in a Catholic church setting. But, like, you know, I, it's, it's, a, it's about, um, yeah, like, self-acceptance and, like, sort of finding things that are holy about life and, um, and sort of seeing them not through the conventional um, religious, like, lens. Does that make sense? Like seeing God out in the world, like, you know, on a hike or like when I'm hanging out with my friends, I feel close to God or like, you know, I just, I get God in, in many other ways than what I was raised to believe is where I'm supposed to, you know, access God, which is like on Sunday at church. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, um, uh, coming from like the, the Catholic perspective, um, the Jesuit order, um, that they believe in their like main, like, um, sort of belief statement, if you will, is to see God in all things, mm-hmm. um, and then go from there. And so that's, um, that's, that's a, like, that's a totally valid way of viewing, um, like how God works in our lives. How right. do you, how do you think you've sort of come to, to look at it that way um i don't know i i guess i just um i i i don't know if i necessarily like believe in in even a conventional god or like i don't yeah. really know i'm sort of like accepting that i don't really know the answer and yeah. <laughs> um like so i guess that would be agnostic i don't even know um i just am when when i i think that like being a force of good and having empathy and, you know, um, like doing charity work and doing things like not because you're afraid of going to hell or like, I, I I can't, I can't really articulate what I, you know, that's, this is a big question, you know? No, I think I, well, what, what I, what I just kind of caught from what you're saying is, um, this idea of like doing things out of, fear and that's something that i just talked to my partner about um the other day but this this idea of um 
looking at like decisions um, that we were trying to make, like, is this asking yourself, like, is this a decision made out of fear or is this a decision made out of freedom? And that's right. a question I've asked myself for a long time now, but it, it, the way you just phrased it kind of put some extra language to it of like, you know, sometimes it's out of fear because it's like self-doubt or something, but it can also be fear that comes from external sources from other people from right. being told you're not enough or being told that you don't belong um, in this in this group or in this <laughs> verse in the Bible. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, it sounds to me like you're finding your freedom. Yes, exactly. Um, I think, yeah, exactly. Freedom is God and the like doing things and doing good things and having empathy for people and doing charity work out of the, out of your own choice and not Mm -hmm. because you're scared you're going to burn in the depths of hell if you don't. I definitely, and well, and I see, I see this idea of like, of freedom, um, on your record again too, like on, um, on normal at the end, you have the line, the world, the world told us, told us to fit in, but we did the opposite. Like right. we, that track progresses to this moment of, of freedom of doing the, of, of being with the person that you want to be with, even if that isn't quote unquote normal. Right. Um, so I, I, yeah, I guess I, I see you working with that, um, a good bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, the, the record is about freedom and it's about, um, finding the most authentic version of yourself and um not letting um i don't know social constructs or anyone else tell you that it's wrong you know if it feels right to you then it's probably the right thing you know like i feel like we all have that that voice inside our head that like good conscience that like tells us like when something is right and I don't, I don't see how that could be like evil or wrong or bad, you know, but there is this like sense of shame around certain things like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that like internalized shame that I feel like a lot of kids that grow up in, in the culture of like Catholicism or Christian, I don't know, any, any church that sort of confines you a little bit. Um, yeah, I feel like that, that is something that that breeds, you know, the internalized shame of like something that you, you have the gut feeling like, Oh, this, this is right. Like, this is who I am. And then, you know, that sense of like, whether it's like, Oh, someone's watching me right now, like kicks in and like, this is wrong. Um, yeah, that like, that, that sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and so much of that, I think growing up, like taking all the like language of church and religion away from it, like it's, often it's like it's parents or it's a teacher or it's, or it's a, it can even be a friend who's just trying to like protect you and be like, you know, that might not end well, or that might not mm. be okay. And it could be right. a really big thing. They're keeping you away from that is like your dream, or it could be a really innocuous thing that would just be stupid to do. But like, right. I think, yeah, I, I think it, 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 it's this idea of, it's this like kind of coming of age kind of moment of like being an adult and realizing like, okay, but, I get to decide what this is and right. this is, and this is, and this is what my gut's telling me, like you said. Yeah. Like the freedom of making your own choices and owning it. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it takes, I feel like it, it took me a while to feel that way, you know, to like be free in my choices and own it at the same time and, and block out the voices that 
were making me doubt what felt right in my gut or in my heart, you know? Do you feel like that came, do you think that kind of came with the the baggage of coming out or was this a freedom that you feel like you've found maybe more recently? Um, I think after I came out, like I definitely didn't feel like free automatically. (laughs) Like it was something that I had to work towards. Um, and yeah, I probably am still working towards like feeling free and owning my choices, but I feel a lot better about it now as a, you know, 27 year old than, than I did as a, you know, a 20 year old or even a 23 year old. Like, I think it just like you get, you get better at not second guessing yourself because, Mm. um, yeah, because even if you like, and I guess this isn't necessarily about, um, you know, sexuality, but like, even if, even if a choice, like you make a choice and it's like in hindsight, okay, maybe that wasn't the best way to go about it or, um, you learn something, you know, so, um, may as well do what feels right, (laughs) go with Mm -hmm. it and then have the, you know, perspective to look back and reflect on it later. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So much of, um, well, one, one question I always like to ask folks on the show is, it's kind of like, um, just simply, what do you do to take care of yourself? And I ask that because like, I think a lot of like religion, just going to church is about like finding reassurance and faith that things are going to be okay, or just finding like some comfort, um, in, in your day or in your week. Like, what do you, what do you do these days, whether it's religious or not, that kind of helps fill your cup that helps you take care of yourself? Um, definitely. Um, in a year of complete isolation, seeing (laughs) friends, um, you know, it's seeing friends like with, I I feel like as I get older, it's awesome. I feel like I have like friends that like I can go a while without talking to. And then it's like, when we hang out, we're like, we're, it's like, we never like left each other. It's like, you know, there's, we just dive right in, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is awesome. I feel like I have a lot of close friends that um, I just learn a lot, um, you know, through conversation. And like, that's like therapeutic for me is like having important conversations with friends. So that's one of them. And then um, definitely lately bike riding is like sort of something that I've been doing. Um, not even necessarily like long bike rides, just like, 20, 30 minutes at a time just to like, you know, be active and like get out. Um, and that just like makes me feel good. And yeah. Um, being with my dog, you know, like those things just like just relaxing and, and not feeling like I have to like earn my rest or like, Mm. I I feel like our, our culture and like our society is so like, go, 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 you know, that like we all have it. I mean, just, just as, you know, we have it embedded in us as like Catholic kids that at one point we felt like we couldn't be gay. I feel like it's like the same thing with, with internalized capitalism of like, I must always be productive or I'm failing, you know? Yeah, Um, of course. (laughs) And it's like, so not the case. Like I feel like you need to rest in order to then show up when you're working or when you're, you know, in your zone to be like the most present and best person for that, you know, like you have to be completely rested in order to excel, I think at anything. Absolutely. 
does anything else kind of come to mind that um, we didn't get to talk about that um, that you'd like to share? Um, I, I think I think we covered a lot. Great. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think of like some great closing remarks, but I don't. I don't really. Um, I don't really know if I have any. <laughs> <laughs> if you could, I'll I'll pull a um I'll pull a RuPaul. If you could um it, it if you could give advice to your your younger self, what would um what would that advice be? Mm. Um. That's a really good question. Um, yeah, I guess I would just tell myself to that everything's going to be okay, <laughs> not to be so concerned with what other people think, um, because the minute you, you know, the minute you start like having confidence in yourself and owning who you are is the minute people look at you. People start looking at you differently, you know, um, when you're just like unafraid to take up the space that you want to take up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess just like own who you are and don't, um, don't question yourself or doubt yourself so much. I feel like I'm still telling myself that. <laughs> yeah. But Yeah. I love that. And it totally tracks with everything we've been talking about already and what, what your record stands for. So that's great. Right. Well, thank you so much for, um, for joining us on the show. Um, it's been, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. Yeah. It's been awesome talking to you too. What's it like to be normal? If you'd like to learn more about Katie Pruitt, you can find her over on Instagram at Katie Pruitt Music. Her latest album, Expectations, is available wherever you stream or download your music. And we've got links in the show notes for you. And if you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening and leave us a rating or a review. You'll get the latest episodes of Out Loud right when they drop, and you'll help others find our show too. And be sure to find us on social media at Outloud Stories and sign up for our email newsletter where you'll find quotes from the show, announcements, and reflections from yours truly. You'll find all those links I just mentioned in the show notes. And I'm your host, Greg Thompson. Our editor is Carriette Harmon, and our theme music is by J.P. Rajiri. We record in Nashville, Tennessee. Until next time, remember, friends, queer people have faith lives too. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.